Happy Thursday, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquint, CEO of the Patriot Training Group. 20-some-odd years now we've been doing it right here, the physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver. Everybody needs to have it. I know I, I, know I keep saying it, but trust me, you're going to need it. Let's just hope we don't have to use it. That's the, the, the problem that always worries me is what if it isn't an orchestrated event that's nice and, and uh, nice? Uh, you know, you think about the last 10, 15 years and how we've added on $15 trillion to the national debt, not to mention, you know, $4 trillion onto the Federal Reserve, not to mention... I don't even know how to quantify uh, the tens of trillions that we've underfunded in liabilities. You know, could you think about it? We underfunded so we could spend it now. So how big is it? And and that's really uh, the thing that worries you know worries me the most is it because it, it always is. You know, we talk about how did people go bankrupt? How did you go bankrupt? Right? You went well. It was gradual. It was gradual at first, and then you know what? It, it, and then it's sudden because the day you file, that's it, boom, it's done. Just that quick. And uh, I just got a feeling we're getting awfully close. 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. The Facebook, the YouTube, the Twitter. I, I, I will say this. I have been chastised. Ramon has chastised me because I'm not, I'm not really good at the Facebook and 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 uh, we don't. I know that some of you have left comments and whatnot. I'm going to try to do better. Surprisingly, you're not very social. I, <laughs> Shocking. I, I don't have the social media presence. I, I'm trying. You know, I want to be. A, is it possible to be like a fringe player and say, you know, because I like to say that we've got these things. Like, hey, we got Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and right. I like to say it. You're an outsider looking in. Yes, but I don't really know how to use them. Nobody really does, actually. Right? I, I just, you know, it. I don't know. It. it uh, I, I'm just slow to catch on, I think, because I know I read a, a thing uh, where most of the people, I guess, under the age of 30 rather communicate non-verbally. And I think a lot of people, even my age, like I'm a, even for, you know, I'm 47. You know, when I hang out with people that are, you know, 40, 50, 60, you know, I'd say the 40 to 60 bracket is kind of where I'm at. And I think a lot of them, you know, that that's what they do, you know, and I watch uh, all these other parents and they're on their phones and, and you know, we're at a, you know, like last, last night, uh, my youngest son had a football game. You know, and, and and I'm watching how many people are out, uh, you know, got their phones out, and, and I don't know what they're doing. You know, probably checking email or uh, – but I did. I noticed some of them were on Twitter and, and Facebook, and and I'm, I'm getting – I'll get better uh, to answer some of your questions. Eric has retired. I don't know. I, I, I guess I can keep saying it. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's always has – an open invitation. I thought I was actually going to get him on a few weeks ago. I mean, he he said he was going to do it, and then I, you know, he didn't. Uh, but uh, one of these days, you never know. One of these days, he just may pop in and sit down. 
but but I will tell you that that it's uh, you know radio for what you know. I think it's pretty hard. People don't realize uh, the amount of energy that that we put into it, especially and I put into it and Eric put into it. Uh, but it was never good for his blood pressure. It just wasn't. Uh, you know, and, and and Arlene can tell you. I mean, I get we get pretty we get going pretty good, and and uh, but uh, nonetheless, I know uh, he misses it. You know, he, let's face it, this was a big part of his life for a long, long time, and I know a lot of you miss him. We miss the humor and the laughter and all of that as well. Uh, but he's doing really well. Matter of fact, his youngest daughter is getting married here in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, super excited. Matter of fact, she was just in town. Uh, her and 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 my wife and Eric's oldest daughter. They did the uh, shoot. What do they call the the bachelorette party? They did the bachelorette party thing, and and uh, she's doing really great. Both the kids, uh, you know, both Eric and Leanne, they're doing really well. And and uh, I, you know, obviously, uh, thank you for for the support and and inquiries and all of that stuff. And having said that, I have had man, this has been a busy week for us. Uh, me and my wife. Uh, our youngest son is on the got called up to the varsity, so he's going to be playing in the varsity football game Friday with my oldest son. It's homecoming uh, and it's senior night, and our younger son is on the homecoming court for the freshmen. And so we yesterday, today, tomorrow, all three three straight days in a row at the school plus senior night. We've been running around, and you know you tried to do. Uh, something trust us to make they grow up so fast. I mean, I think about you know my you know thinking about my oldest Joey is he's eighteen. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, when he was born, you know, I I view things in debt now. The debt was barely five trillion dollars, <laughs> and now he's eighteen, and now it's almost twenty one. The problem is, by the time he's twenty eight, forty. 35, 40, it may even be worth that. That that may turn out to be a lucky number. Uh, and it's just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where all the time goes, but I just don't know the world that they're going to be in. You know, as we we watch all of these things play out and all of the mismanagement of the numbers, and we hear all of this rhetoric that sounds, you know, tax cuts, and oh, it's for the middle class, but yet it's really for the rich, and it's this and it's that. It's gotten so crazy now that half the time I think I sound liberal, and and, and I just don't know what side to turn. But we're going to talk about the academics of the Fed when we get back. Happy Thursday. Just a quick reminder, we've got a big shipping day today, and I may even fall uh, into tomorrow as well, uh, where we all caught up here. Uh, the the people waiting on silver, that's all going to be out. Uh, the, 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 the few medals program people, if you haven't gotten your medals program box yet, you're going to be getting them. Uh, those will all be out. And for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe we did this on purpose, uh, when, how Wendy does the shipping, but... Uh, most of them were Arizona people, so maybe we do you guys last. I do that a lot. You know, like all the pickup people, I usually get all the, the people that we got to mail out first, and then we call the pickup people after that. So uh, anyway, all of that's going to be done. Uh, we got a guy that was waiting on some tents. Those are going out. We got uh, 
uh, the ten ten, you know, the the ten dollar lib and the ten dimes, all that stuff, all of it uh, heading out here today and tomorrow. And I will tell you right now, this is probably I know not probably this is the last day. Uh, U.S. twenty dollar liberties at twelve hundred and eighty dollars, which is now like seven dollars below the spot price of silver. That is, and I looked, I looked everywhere, including the online guys. That is the cheapest price in the country. Could not find anywhere that was offering them for less. Uh, Here's the deal, though. We got about 20-ish, and then that's it. That's all we have. Uh, And and you're looking at, you know, you're talking about 50 bucks, a coin savings. Uh, Take advantage of U.S. $20 Liberties, 800-951-0592. Gold's up today. Uh, because I think everyone, you know, listen, I, I tell you, they do these made-for-TV stuff, and, and they try to act like it's important. Uh, Janet Yellen and Donald Trump are meeting today. Listen, this the new Fed chief, it's a two-person race. It's either going to be her or Jerome Powell, and they're really kind of one in the same. I don't think it really matters. Uh, the, the tax cut, right, we heard from Treasury Secretary Mnuchin yesterday, and I gave him an attaboy. I mean, he just told the truth, which it, it's just better if you do that. Listen. If you want the stock market to stay high, we, we let's give corporations more money. I mean, that's what he said, and that that's what it is, whether you like it or not. You know, and you think about all of the things that they try to tell us about how this will create jobs and all of these things. You know, I'll just use, like, IBM. That's a great example. You know, IBM, when the marginal tax rate for corporations was like 70%, in this country, and now we're talking about bringing them all the way down to 15 or 20. I mean, they're only at 35 now. By the way, they pay a rate of about 11, just so you know. After all the giveaways, they pay 11%. I know it's disgusting when you hear that. But they have more employees in India than they do here. We've gone from, IBM's gone from a workforce of over 400,000 in in the U.S. to like 100,000. Listen, these companies aren't bringing these jobs here. I don't care what, we can give them a zero tax rate. They didn't leave the United States because of the tax rate. Because if you actually look at corporate tax rates in America, they've really, by and large, over the last 50 years, have gone down, dramatically down. And that's not to mention of what all the, all the write-offs we gave them, it was countless. It was endless. They left because they could hire people in other countries for less. Oh, and by the way, just so you know, we changed the laws to allow them to do it. Just so you know, that I think that part is often uh, not understood. Right? And how did uh, corporations like... Wells Fargo or Bank of America or J- how did they they become into existence? They changed laws. That's how they did it. How did all these? You know, we we're talking about uh, me and Arlene. We're talking about these health companies in Arizona now. You know, there's really like two, <laughs> Honor Health and I forget what the other one is, and they they've gobbled everybody up and right. They changed all the laws to allow this to happen. We've got we bent over backwards. It's kind of like did you see the the Amazon stuff? All of these cities, we want the second Amazon headquarter, and they're giving away, you know, five, six, seven, eight billion dollars in tax breaks and all this. I mean, it's incredible. 
But but finally, hey, truth will set you free, right? I say that all the time to my kids, right? The truth will set you free. And we got a little truth yesterday. Not the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but a little bit. And, and you know what? And he also went on to say, hey, listen, we're, we, we, you know, it's still middle class, but yeah, the, the, the rich guys are getting the break. And, and really, it's simple math. And I say that all the time. It's simple. If you truly wanted a middle uh, a middle class or a working class, because it's hard to even define a lot of these people. What we we claim they're middle class, but it, you, you talk to them, they don't feel middle class. As if they did a payroll tax cut, right? Of course, you know that's for Social Security and Medicare, but that that's a tax everybody pays, right? That would actually truly get more money in people's paychecks. Instead, they use this. You know, they use uh, subliminal, funny, fuzzy math to say, hey, you can get an extra $4,000 in your paycheck. Of course, it doesn't really, that's not really what's going to happen, but they like to say it because some economist has the theory that if you do this, that that will happen. And and kind of leads me to, you know, the Federal Reserve. Since Donald Trump is interviewing, and... The the Federal Reserve has been on this quest now because over the last 20 years, they've tried to evolve into a rules-based central bank, right? That, oh, by the way, when it doesn't work, they're allowed to, to do whatever they want, <laughs> right? So there's, there's the first problem with the rule is, hey, we can break any of the rules, right? That's always the first problem. But they talk about the the two percent inflation, right? In which, remember, that's really what they. And, and it's amazing how more people don't hold them accountable because really, what that means is they want your money to be worth two percent less, and they want it to be worth two percent less every year. And remember what I'm going to tell you now, because I promise you, it's going to happen. Two percent is the starting number. Matter of fact, who was it? Oh, I think it was Evan. I, I believe it was uh, Evan, who's Fed governor uh, in Chicago, said, hey, you know what? I, I, we could go to two and a half. So it's already started. The, that number, that 2% number, that's not a, in stone. Number. That, they've written that number in pencil. Right? That's the lowest they want it to be. So think about this. If the Federal Reserve gets their way, every 10 years, your pay needs to go up by 20%. And if it doesn't go up by 20%, you get poorer. Period. The institutional anxiety over the chronic inflation undershoot is evident in daily news story, right? They keep saying it, right? But again, remember, this is the way they count inflation, by the way. Fed speeches and increased focus on internal discussions, right? And we've been saying they've, uh, a couple of the Fed governors are starting to turn, right? Hey, maybe this economic theory of ours doesn't really work. One doesn't have to read between the lines to appreciate the degree to which policymakers fear the onset of the next recession 
without adequate adequate room to lower rates, right? They're right. Then this is what they're trying to get to. We talked about this yesterday. They're like, man, we we want to get these rate hikes in now because we actually they and they already know. Listen, trust me, they already know twenty twenty. They know it. They're like, yeah, it's coming, and we want to be able before we go to negative rates and before we go back to quantitative easing, we want to be able to do some of these rate cuts. The persistence of sub-2% inflation in the face of nine years of zero interest rate policy. Right? And again, you talk about tax cuts. Corporations had a, they still do, right? And an economy at what is perceived to be full employment led to array an array of silly expectations. Right? I mean, again, they've almost it's almost comical. Why do we even listen to what they say? I mean, this is we're ten years now, ten years in, and wages still haven't risen. Matter of fact, the really the only wages that have risen have been the people at the very bottom with minimum wage. And then the people at the very top, the CEOs, <laughs> all those guys because of their stock price. Embarrassing excuses. Right, man, you think about it. They, they have given them all. Right, I mean, the, the hurricane ones, right, they'll use that. Uh, the, the, the election, the, you know, terrorist attack. I mean, the North Korea. I mean, they'll use anything. A host of pseudo-economic theory, just maybe the Fed's internal guidance system is flawed. And then they go on to talk about a lot of of correlations between, and they talk about the Phillips curve, and I think I may have gotten this wrong. I, I said uh, Phillips was an English guy. I think he was from New Zealand. I just, just because I because I know that he his study was based on wages in the United Kingdom. This is where the Phillips curve came into effect from 1861 to 1957. But uh, Phillips was a New Zealand economist, by the way, who is now the economic model that the Fed uses, you know, the that low in unemployment number. And remember, I've explained this number how many times. Why haven't we heard the Federal Reserve talk about it? Listen, they've changed. Employment today is vastly different. Most employers don't really want to hire people. They want you to be a contract worker. Right? And you look at some, you know, the Ubers and the Lyfts and people, but it's so much more than that. Therapists physical therapists, occupational therapists, all the all of these companies, they want you to go to people's houses, they want to farm it out, they want you to be independent. All of the, the the medical, the corporate side, you name it, consultants, all of these things. If they don't have to have you be an employee, they don't. And it's really changed the picture, but you don't hear them talk about like, today jobless claims came out. It was like two hundred and twenty two thousand. Like, That's the lowest in forty four years. Well yeah, it should be. Right? Should be. Because most of the jobs created today, unfortunately, you're not an employee. You're not. You can't
can't file unemployment claims. You don't get fired. They just may not use you anymore, but you don't get the file. And now they're, they, so they talk about Phillips and the Phillips curve, and which hasn't been working now for, what, two decades? You know, really, uh, the model is completely broken now. And then they, and they talk about, you know, things that have been going on. And so one of the things I said today we're going to talk about was Milton Friedman. You know, famous, right? Everyone's heard, of, you know, another one of those Nobel Prize winners and famed economist and then the, the mentor to Bernanke and Yellen. And Milton Friedman actually talked and did a lot of things on inflation, his axiom that inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. In other words, the central bank creates money, right? That's, I mean, really, truly, that really is what inflation is, right? It's the, it's the printing of money. And then, of course, how much of it does the public want to hold? Part of the reason why they have the Fed funds rate so low is they don't want you to hold it. We'll talk about that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. We heard a lot about free college and state-sponsored tuition during the 2016 elections. The radical left and its campaign mouthpiece, Bernie Sanders, talked endlessly about a supposed right to education and how the state should pay for everyone to attend college. If you thought the idea sounded ridiculous last year, one state in the union is showing us all now just how unworkable this socialist idea really is. Louisiana is currently reevaluating a program that gives free college tuition to state residents, a cost that is quickly approaching $300 million a year. The Taylor Opportunity Program for Students, or TOPS, was created in 1989 and originally covered around 23,000 students. Over the years, however, TOPS has more than doubled to cover nearly 51,000. State lawmakers have created a 10-member legislative study group to reevaluate this program and find solutions to either financing or eliminating this expensive government handout. TOPS currently accounts for nearly 3% of the state's general fund and is 10 times more costly than at its inception. Another story about state-sponsored tuition comes, as no surprise, from California. Democrat state legislators have proposed a bill to make public colleges and universities completely tuition-free. Assembly Bill 1356, sponsored by Democrat Assemblywoman Susan Talamantes Eggman, would impose a 1% tax on incomes over $1 million in order to close the unfunded gap between existing aid programs and the cost of tuition and fees. Eggman's office claims that the state needs nearly $2 billion to cover the cost of tuition for all state residents. 
Ariana Rollins, the president of college Republicans at the University of California, Irvine, said that should this bill become law, it would have a tremendously negative effect on many California residents. This single-dimension thinking by the Democrat Party results in fiscal disaster after disaster, and it would be a shame if Democrat California legislators lack the foresight for the repercussions of this bill. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800 951 We're diving in to the heart of the Federal Reserve and all of its flaws. And really, another reason, you know, just throw this on the list of why you need to have that wealth insurance. And today, I mean, it's incredible. The cheapest price in the country, I looked everywhere. The remainder of the U.S. $20 liberties, and these are the, the oldest. These are the 1866 to 1907th legal, lawful, constitutional tender. This was before we ever had a central bank. right? And you know what? And I always find this amazing. You don't ever hear any horror stories about that time period, do you? I mean, America was becoming the greatest nation on the in the history of the planet, right? All on the gold standard. No one even talked about inflation because it didn't exist. Right? Twenty dollars bought the same in nineteen or in eighteen eighty six as it did in 1876, as it did in 1866, as it did in 1896, as it did in 1906. The Federal Reserve didn't come into existence until 1913. And really, remember, they've tried this central bank a few other times. Right? And they all, they all went kaput within 20 years. And this one did, too, because think about it. 1913, by 1933, what did they do? They shut the banks and took the gold. <laughs> Instead of saying, hey, we didn't work again, let's just try to pull the wool over. They got the right people in power to do it. And then they got all of these great academics to come up with all of these crazy theories that can't stand the test of time. You know, we're talking about uh, Milton Friedman talking about what inflation is, right? And, of course, inflation, really, it's not what what they say it is today. Inflation is the printing of money out of nothing, right? Because, let's face it, they just make it up. You know, when there was gold as the standard, someone had to, you know, a miner had to go to work, right? Someone had to put the hard hat on, put the boots on, and go to work. So how the theory goes is when the central bank 
wants to juice the economy. Okay, and 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 it's funny because the the first mandate they had was a stable dollar, right? And that was that was actually make believe. They don't care about the state. They wanted to stably dec- they they wanted to decline in a stable manner, right? Which means it's not stable at all, right? Which Obviously, that $20 gold piece that I'm selling for $1,280, the cheapest price in the country. How did it go from $20 to 1280 And the answer is, the Federal Reserve wants it to be that way. But they, they want just gradual. Remember what I said about going bankrupt. It's always gradual. And then it's suddenly, right? And and we know fiat money, you know, we're at the end here. And really for the United States, I guess, did they build a better mousetrap? Maybe, right? I mean, the, the U.S. dollar is going to make it, you know, 100 years or so. And I, and really, I don't even know if I give it that much credit. You know, we, we took the gold away from the citizenry in 33. Uh, you know, the Central Bank was created in 1913, took the gold away in 33, closed the gold window in 71, and really since then, you know, if you use 71 as the real official starting point of the uh, Federal Reserve note in fiat money, you know, we really haven't made it that far, and it's already getting ready to come to an end. Because, you know, the what's coming here, it's so unpayable, you, we, we really, it's hard to put it into perspective. But here's how they think, and how they thought anyway, which was, when we need to help the economy, they want to create what, you know, what we refer to now as inflation, right? They make money cheap, they cheapen it. Right when you bring, when you lower the federal funds rate, what you're trying to say is we're cheapening, we're trying to lessen the value of your money. Right, so already by default they don't want a stable dollar. That's not what they want. They want to pretend and, and make up economic theory to make you feel better about it, and that's supposed to drive demand. Right? So they want people to spend. They want, you know what, they want business to do. Now, of course, what business used to do was they would take out a loan and build something. Now they, they take out a loan and buy back their, <laughs> they go into debt to buy back some of their debt, right? I mean, it's one of those, it's a debt shuffle game. But it doesn't really produce anything. I mean, I guess the, the, the people that originate it and do the paperwork and sell the bonds, they all get some work out of it. But the end result isn't any real economic growth outside of that short term. Right? Outside of the people that generated some paperwork. Once the paperwork's done and over and they bought back the stock, there's no strong underlying fundamental growth from what they did. See, before, though, they used to what? They used to build a factory. They used to employ more people. Maybe they paid people more. Right? Then they're trying to say that that's going to happen now with this tax cut. No, it's not. That's, that's ship sale. This global economy. They're going to go where the labor's the cheapest, period. The increase in the demands for goods and services 
eventually it's, a, it's supposed to, and this is how economic theory works, is supposed to exceed the economy's ability to provide them, right? It's supposed to create this great demand that will put a strain on supply, right? So at least here's some economics 101. It's supposed to affect the supply-demand curve and force prices higher, right? Because they've made, uh, they've created this sense of demand that is outlasting the supply to drive prices up. I'll use housing as the example. Less and less Americans own a home today than they did 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Yet prices, you know, oh, they're at all-time highs. They've created this demand. Well, the demand didn't come from individual families. Right? What is the demand came? The demand came from Wall Street, who now owns homes by the hundreds of thousands. Creating this artificial price that most of us no longer can afford to pay. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to finish with Friedman when we get back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two gold twelve eighty six U.S. twenty dollar liberties twelve hundred and eighty the cheapest price in the country. Uh, silver, uh, wow, silver's up pretty big today, up twenty five cents, uh, seventeen dollars and twenty five cents. Uh, rolls of U.S. silver eagles at four oh five at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And, and quite honestly, I think we we've, we're getting ready here. We're getting ready for another leg. You know, gold, listen, gold was up 2015, 2016, well, from 2015 to 2016, from 2016 to 2017, and we're, we're going to be on another, you know, decade-plus long run, kind of very similar. I keep talking about the run from 01. We're getting ready for the next leg. Right, they they gave a few years where they oh we fixed it, they didn't fix it, and then today we're talking about you know Friedman and he really is the mentor to a lot of the people that sit on the Federal Reserve, and here was their economic philosophy. This is what they believe to be true: that when they cheapened the money. It would create demand. Demand would cause prices to rise. Demand would also cause more people to go to work, which would also cause a supply and demand problem for employers, which would ultimately lead to them having to pay workers more, right? Nirvana. Hey, anytime the economy needs a boost, we lower interest rates, spur growth, growth rate, you know, that creates the demand. The demand creates the inflation, right? That's that's kind of how they, in, in a very most simplistic form, how they viewed the world. Now, today, it's not working. And, of course, 
you know, the Federal Reserve, they, they were they were smart. Friedman was a smart man. And he said, you know, there could be lags. But now we're, we, we're 10 years of lag. Right? And, and, you know, most people are like, okay, the lag's going to be six months, a year, right? Maybe two or three years. But now we're at 10. And they, they called them variable lags was the word that he used. So you understand why Ben Bernanke and now Janet Yellen always keep saying it's around the corner, right? It's coming, right? Eventually we're going to be right. Because they were students of Friedman who said this is how the world works. We're the best and the brightest, and this is how it works. But what they didn't factor into was the debts already created. And now when you you when you take the consumer and think about what they've done. Okay, just from nineteen seventy one, this is how badly they wanted to be right. That they didn't care who they hurt. In 1971, credit card debt did not exist. It didn't. I mean, if you had a credit card, you were like a rare person. And, I mean, you didn't use them, right? This was truly the emergency, or it was truly the guy, hey, I'm a real rich guy and I'm traveling the world. I mean, it just really didn't exist. Student loan debt did not exist. You could go to Harvard for like three grand. Harvard. Uh, Now I don't even know, what is it, 70? And you think about, they, they piled this debt on and piled this debt on and piled this debt on to the point now where the consumer even with interest rates at 1%, can't afford any more. Can't afford a house for 300000 Definitely can't afford a house that's 500000 But I can't afford... Did you see the new Ford pickup truck? <laughs> they had a, that's a hundred grand. Well, they got cheaper models, but I mean, a hundred grand, I can't afford that. And then they took, and what did they do? They substituted some of that with Wall Street. Wall Street, hey, we'll buy, we'll buy the houses. <laughs> but Wall Street, they're not buying the cars. They're not buying the pension, right? They're not buying any of that stuff. And so you have this horrible situation where policy is easy right which is supposed to be spurring demand but it's not doing that and inflation isn't rising and they've manipulated all of these things the unemployment rates manipulated the wages are all manipulated and all these things to, to make it appear that they've tried to fix it but the end results are We don't have the demand to drive the inflation. 
And so really, in previous years, and I've said this a lot, if this was normal time, the Fed would be talking about lowering rates, not raising them. Right? They'd be talking about how can we spur growth. Now, the answer is let the federal government pile on a bunch more debt to see if that'll work. Not going to work because the consumers got debt up to their eyeballs, all courtesy of these wonderful people at the central bank. And guess what? The bills are coming due. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment when we return. Just for the record, there's another central bank that thought they fixed things kind of similar to what the Federal Reserve is thinking now. And that was the you know, the Weimar Republic in Germany in the twenties. Look it up. Do a little research. And I'm telling you now, do you really think a giveaway on on corporate taxes is going to drive growth. You know, you, listen, if you're listening to me, you know that's not true. You know what they're going to do with the money. And, and the realities are, if we had the cheapest cost of labor, then yes, but we don't. And just think about the Federal Reserve in 06. August of 06, the Fed's funds rate was what, five and a quarter? I think the 10 year note was seven and a half. When it all went to you know what? And they took interest rates to zero. The 10 year note was what, one and change. And we still didn't get GDP above three. You know, you think some measly tax cut is going to do It's not. I wish it would. It doesn't work that way. And the problem is the debt levels today compare. You know, when Reagan's tax cuts actually got approved, the debt hadn't quite hit a trillion yet because it was 01. He did it early in 01. We hit a trillion in 01. The debt wasn't even a trillion. Consumer debt was nowhere near the levels that it is today. And they're going to try, and, 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 and of course, we're not going to get a package as big as they think they're going to get, and, and, and really because they just can't pay for any of it. But we're, we're right here. We're right in this process now where the Federal Reserve, right, this is, this is what they've built their whole economic models on, all of it. And now they're saying, well, we're not sure if that's right or not. What do you think that really means? They've created a very, very dangerous bubble here. And trust me, that's what it is. Take the time. Be prepared. You know, we've got the cheapest price in the country today. And actually, we've had it for three days. I didn't even know. I didn't even bother to look. On U.S. $20 liberties at $1,280 at 800-951-0592. If you've never done business with us, it's so easy. You just call call the number. Matter of fact, I've got it online, too, so you can order it online. If, you, you know, if you're younger and you don't want to talk to people, go to allamericangold.com. Go to the shopping cart. You can order it right online. Don't even have to call. 
got the same price. You just call us up and you just say to Arlene, Arlene, I'd like the special. Arlene's going to say, how many would you like? That's it. That's our great big selling. <laughs> That's our high-pressure sales tactic. She'll give you our information. You give us your information. Once we have good funds, we ship it registered, insured, U.S. mail. That's it. No telemarketer calls, no boiler room, no bait and switch, no need to tap to take the shower when you're done. You're like, man, that was the easiest thing I ever did. 800-951-0592. One more day, Friday, tomorrow. Everyone take care. Enjoy the rest of your day.